0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: It's me, your old power, back for another week on uh, uh, amen and Amen.net. I still can't post that goddamn URL to the Facebook page, it's really stupid so that's that's why I spell it out in big capital letters so it's it's obvious and stupid Facebook algorithm doesn't prevent people from seeing it uh, so yeah that was the gun club, that was a recently uh, Released demo from Miami, uh, Texas Serenade was the song, and Blixa Sounds just put that out a few days ago. So it comes with a remastered edition of Miami, as it has already been widely circulated for years, and then a whole bunch of demos, demos, all the demos from the album, like for each of the songs on Miami. And then demos for songs that would appear on the Death Party EP by The Gun Club. And then also uh, a demo of Walking With The Beast that was out on the Las Vegas story. And that that uh, Walking With The Beast demo is way different than the one on the Las Vegas story. The album proper version. Um, but yeah, I, I really think... That out of everything on it, that rendition of Texas Serenade is, is the best. A lot of the songs on there aren't so much different from what's on the album. It's definitely like different takes or mixes, but um, just that—that that really grabbed me. I think that mix or take or whatever the hell you want to call it of Texas Serenade might even be superior to the original, or you know, officially sanctioned, released version of that appeared on Miami anyway, that's enough talking about the gun club in Miami for a while um, you can go grab that online now since it's out as maybe some people know, I think probably a lot of people don't care, I, well, I wasn't here last week, but I'm really going to put a push on that, I know I said that the week before too, but uh, I think I'll have a lot more time on my hands coming up for reasons I won't get into here um maybe it pertains to one thing that's coming up on the show later, which is a whole set of songs about being unemployed. I won't confirm or deny anything. Um but yeah, we got that coming up. We got uh Zach's gonna pop by for I'm Allowed. I'm allowed in about fifty-five minutes from now and fifty-two minutes to be precise. And then there's all the stuff that I usually play, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't think I'll have a really good name for it. All the unusual, nonsensical, unusually good music that I play, or at least that's what I classify it as. I guess it's up to you if you want to think it's unusually good or not, but yeah, that's your call. Um, I guess you might think it's okay if you're listening for this long. So, next, next, I'm going to play Make Kin by Night Shift, and this is from their forthcoming album, Zoe. It's going to come out next year through Trouble in Mind, but they posted this one song from the album, and it's really good. So, uh, yeah, I thought it would make sense to play it on the radio show, so how about I'll do that right now.
2: Of maturing identities, so uh, in your mind through relationships and times. Try to not get left behind. enjoy to sobriety, remember Velocity Identities sail in your mind through relationship and time. Try to not get left off.
3: Because I don't think I can get out of this thing worth a shit. Nobody can, so, you know.
4: I don't want your money. Oh, I don't want your sympathy. I don't want your best wishes. I don't want you to cry over me. I just want you to leave me alone with the hurt that you gave Let me find a way to die I don't want your love letters I can't use all the presents you gave You can take away all the flowers I won't see them down in my grave I just want you to leave me alone with the hurt that you gave Let me find a way to die You keep on telling me, telling me, telling me that you love me Then you keep on hurting me, hurting me, hurting me so shamefully You can go away, please leave now Oh, your voice brings pain to my heart We've passed the point of no return now I'm too weary to make a new start I just want you to leave me alone With the hurt that you gave Let me find a way to die Let me find a way to die
1: So that was Tantrum, Admission, or no, Administration of Trauma from their uh, 2020 demo tape through Richter scale. That came out a while ago. That came out in like January or something, and I just didn't pick up on it then, but I'm glad I eventually did. Uh, so what else was there? Hal Doll. Before that, Truth of an Arrow from their upcoming album, Negation. That'll be out next year through Play Alone. That was a nice surprise to stumble across the other day. I really love their album, The Totalitarianism <laughs> of Everyday Life. I still can't talk today. Um, yeah, so that's on their Bandcamp page, too. I'll, I'll post a link to them, as I usually do when I put the playlist up later Um, so yeah that song and another one from Negation that one's Truth of an Arrow I can't remember if I said that Um, those are both up on the Bandcamp page to listen to Um, then there was Billy Rufus with a nice dark one Away to Die from a 1967 single through K-Arc Records I, I assume it, it's spelled or whatever. It's prana- I assume it's pronounced KR because it's K hyphen I, I don't think it's Kirk. It just sounds really weird. Um, heard Ella's before that. Loveau from a 1968 single through CEM. You can buy your own very own copy off Discogs right now for about 125 euros if you're into that. And then to start Night Shift, make kin from their forthcoming album, Zoe, through Trouble in Mind. Going to play Ronnie Isle on the Blisters' next Bad Sunburn from their 1958 single through MGM. The other side of this is really good too, Wicked. I'll probably play that later. I don't think I've played that on the show yet. Uh, So yeah, we'll get the Bad Sunburn. We got a bunch more stuff. I got a bunch more stuff for you. I, don't, I still don't know who we is. And yeah, Zach's coming up in about a half hour, and we'll see you all
5: Tam zmierzch jest dla Ciebie, tam śpiewa słońce i ptak. Uśmiechniemy się znów, pomyślimy bez słów, tak, tak iż bez końca. Tak, tak iż bez końca.
6: sit around and cook some soups and
7: eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and (laughs) sassy.
6: Kick that habit, man. That kick habit, man. Kick habit that, man. Habit kick that, man that habit. Kick, man. Habit that kick, man. Kick that man habit. That kick, man habit. Kick, man. That habit. Man, kick that habit. That man, kick habit. Man, that kick habit. Kick, habit, man, that, habit, kick, man, that, kick, man, habit, that, man, kick, habit, that. Habit, man, kick, that. Man, habit, kick, that. That, habit, man, kick. Habit, that, man, kick. That, man, habit, kick. Man, that habit tick. Habit man that sick man it, that shit
1: And a wild tack song is called summer and it's taken from an album of the same name that they put out yesterday, yesterday. as a self-release job and i guess it is summer in australia where we're from uh we also heard before that monty kazaza kick that habit man Taken from his Something for Nobody EP put out by Industrial Records in 1980. I used to have that on a 7-inch. I bought that from, I think it was Genesis Peorage's online store years ago. And it was a mint copy never before played. I don't even think I played it. I think I wanted to preserve it. But uh, yeah, I don't know if old Jen would have sent that out himself or if he had one of his people do that. But it was neat to have... Something from the, the whole industrial records history, I guess, so to say. Monty still does stuff uh, these days, actually. He's still active, putting out new music and playing shows, or I guess when it's possible to play shows, he plays them based on how the world is now. And he maintains a pretty uh, entertaining Facebook page that you can find under his own name. And I'll, I'll tag it anyway, just for the purposes of tagging Monty after the show on uh, the playlist, so you can have a look at that yourself. Then, before that, it was Sistery Panas and Typhoonie from Poland, and the song was, I'll pop this into Google Translate here, do everybody a favor. It translates to With Head in Heaven, but it... Is actually in Polish called Z głową w niebie <laughs> uh, I don't know how helpful that would be for anybody who even speaks Polish because the computer just kind of mumbles it. Let's see here Zgłową Wniewie. Okay. Uh, anyhow, it was pretty cool. I was reading about them a little bit. And actually, one of the sisters, Anna, she wrote or co wrote a lot of the stuff that they did, and she's still alive. Um, I don't know if she's still writing music or not, but yeah, I thought that was neat because a lot of, I guess, you know, girl groups or whatever from that time weren't writing their own music, and there weren't a lot of girl groups or whatever in the Eastern Bloc, so it was kind of neat. Um, so that was put out on EP, Zui Pack. I'm not going to put that through Google Translate. That came out in 1966 through Polsky, Nagri, Nya, Musa. And then to start, Ronnie Isle and the Blisters, Bad Sunburn from a 1958 MGM single. And I'm going to get moving along here because i got a whole other set of songs. And then Zach will be up in about 15 minutes or something like that. And then after that, it's the promised set of songs about unemployment or joblessness or whatever you want to call it. Next is Shifting. The song is Spudgasm. This came out through a bunch of labels Permafrost, Constant Disappointment, Gaboo, Asos, Why Song, and Whose Brain Records. The title of the album is It Was Good, I Think It Still Is Good, and that was earlier this year, August, I think. So while I shine my boots in my underwear, you can listen to this.
8: Have a drink, baby. No, thanks, Dutch. Who are you, and how did you get in here? I'm the locksmith. And I'm the locksmith.
1: Mustard. Uh, That song is called October and it comes from a a single with two songs or an EP or whatever you want to call it. Doesn't matter anymore. I don't know. Do all these industry terms make a difference? I don't think so, but anyway, yeah. Two songs on this thing that it came out on. Frank slash October. I think it might have actually had a physical release too. Uh, Through Pizza Pizza records in 2019 so that was the song October then before that it was Zuzu with Convent Souls from La Integrale which came out in 2003 as a CD retrospective of her work I don't think that was ever properly released around the time it was recorded I think it was like an unreleased track they tossed on there Then there was Eva with N.L. Corridor from a self-titled EP. They put out by means of Chicken Attack Records and started things off with Shifting, the song with Spudgasm from their album It Was Good, put out this year by a whole bunch of labels I'm not going to name again because you can look it up later. So that music you hear in the back can only mean one thing: it's time to talk to Zach Coons by conventional telephone.
8: I hope I keep my mailman called Mr. Mac away from Zach. My name is Mac and I'm scared and
3: Hello, you deranged lunatic! You.
9: <laughs>
3: hey there,
1: big guy. Well, they might be trying to do that, but uh, I think I can get through the show before they do. They haven't arrested you yet, obviously, if you're still talking on the phone.
3: Yeah, I think. Uh, did you ever have a nickname growing up?
1: Uh, did you I
3: have never a nickname? Really
1: did no. Uh, only very short-lived ones. One was Dirthead because. Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> We'd hang around in the woods a lot and there was just a couple of instances where I was wearing this jacket that had a, a hood on it and I had the hood up fairly often and it just kept getting dirt on it. So that that was the only real one I could, <laughs> That was a pretty good one. I kind of liked that one.
3: Yeah. That's that's a pretty admit. <laughs> I I was uh, it, it, I was hoping there was a metaphorical reason why you were called dirthead but it was that's the most literal
1: reason to be
3: called that I guess. <laughs>
1: I think nicknames usually are pretty literal. I
3: think so. Yeah, yeah, you don't really get I I had a really I had a really
1: metaphorical nickname when I was
3: uh when I was in high school, Captain Roughneck.
1: <laughs> what was that from?
3: I really I'm not sure what it was from. I can't remember what it, I think it's, uh, I really got, I got in the habit of really uh, kind of self-referentially referring to myself as Roughneck, because it got mentioned, I really like the, uh, the the 19th century French poet, Arthur Rambeau, and he uses Roughneck a lot, uh, you know, to kind of characterize a certain way of, of being in this world, like a way of responding to the, to life and kind of like a I, I don't know, I, I'm not sure the exact terminology but it, it kind of toughening up to the crudity of life essentially and I had I stole this shirt uh, actually I didn't steal it, well I did steal it but accidentally um, in high school gym class I was I was uh, the like captain of the, the baseball team in just that class I played baseball in high school but not I wasn't the captain of the team but in in the gym class i was in so i there we had shirts for there were captain shirts and i i walked out with a captain shirt i ended up just wearing it all the time I, thought <laughs> it was, I at that time really enjoyed it it was like uh you know it was made with those like iron-on letters it yeah, was like yeah. comic sans font <laughs> captain i got a pretty big kick out of it and then, um but i think maybe those two things combined I, is all i could figure i, I I don't remember how it got coined and how it got started or any of that stuff at all, really all that well. But I remember that one being attributed.
1: T-shirts always have nicknames or just articles of clothing in general, like a, uh, a good friend of mine from Newfoundland. Uh, his name, his nickname, well, his name is Chris, but he had this nickname Maha. And what happened was when he was in high school, he went to a different school than I did. Uh, but one day he was wearing this Yamaha t-shirt, and then he had one of those like plaid shirts that went over it that people would wear kind of like typical <laughs> grunge fashion. And then yeah. some guy was just like, hey, Maha, and pointed at him in, in reference to just being able to <laughs> see the word Maha on the shirt. And it stuck. <laughs> and it was so widely known that uh, people would call his house and ask his mom like, hey, can I talk to Maha, please? And she'd know. She'd just hand him the phone. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, he's still
3: kind it's of, really bizarre if, if, <laughs> if people called his house and uh, asked for that. And then she handed him, like, his grandmother. Handed them his grandmother. <laughs> it could have happened. Oh, Maha, uh, yeah. I have no clue what you're talking about. Here's his grandmother.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sam, so, what else you got, you got going on today? Other than thinking about nicknames,
3: uh, you know, I've had a really strange couple of weeks. I moved back to Columbus, Ohio, from the uh, from Smoky Mountains. So I've gone from being in absolute isolation to being, you know, living living with living with uh, my roommate, and I've had we've been having a, a, a weekly fire and just being ar- seeing people in general. I mean, seeing seeing strangers, which I really was going to. Um, I had days where I wouldn't see anybody at all. Really, almost a week at a time. Sometimes I'd go without seeing another human being. That's been a really, but that's really a really bizarre uh, reentry. I've been taking these long, long walks, and I've been, I, I've, I've forgotten how how dangerous they can be. You know, I've been. I was also taking long walks down there, but I was taking long walks in the woods where I wouldn't encounter another human being, but. When you put an, when you put another when you put other human beings into any equation, usually there's there there are the uh, there's a possibility of something really good happening, and there's a possibility of something really dangerous happening. I had two like really unusual walking uh, experiences over the last couple weeks. Uh, one, I went to the there's a place it's a long one of the longest uh, covered bridges in. Uh, the eastern part of the United States called the Bridge of Dreams. <laughs> I got a wild hair, I got I got really bored one night and I got I got a wild hair. It's about an hour out hour out of Columbus and I got a wild hair so I thought, I'm I'm gonna drive to this bridge of dreams here. So I went and it was it was dark when I got there. And I started walking and I I know I know you share this affinity. Once I start walking I just I really just love to walk for miles and miles and miles and miles. Yep. So I was I was walking for miles and miles. It was like there was the covered bridge, and then there was just a paved road that went past it. That must have been for cycling or something. I, I guess I don't know. But um, yeah. So I walked for I walked for about five miles, and then turned around and walked back the other way. And as I was coming back, there was a light off into the distance, and I couldn't tell if it was because it was so far off. I couldn't tell if it might have been like a car or some. You know, it it, it it was too far off to be able to determine what size it really was. But as I kept walking, it kept getting closer and closer. The light kept getting closer and closer. Too. So it was such that finally, it was with I was a hundred yards of it. And I realized it was probably I had like one of those head headlamps. Uh, or I mean, I. Uh, so anyway, I, I kept walking toward it, but I picked up a rock and a stick, you know, because it was in the dark, in the middle of nowhere, with nobody, nobody was within miles around at all, so, uh, you know, it was a potentially dangerous situation, and uh, I picked up a rock and a stick, and then I called out, hey, hello there, no response at all, well, I kept walking on toward it, gripping the rock and the stick harder, yep. and... uh and I called out again when it was when the light was maybe I don't know 25 feet away. I called out, "Hey, hello there, how are you?" No response at all. So it got to be where it was maybe 20 20 feet away, and the light started moving toward me really rapidly, like essentially a person was running toward me. Not essentially, they were running toward me, and so I. Raised that stick up, thinking, "All right, this is it. Yeah, time. It's you know, this is this is do or die type situation. So the light continued. The light moved toward me really rapidly over the course of maybe three seconds, and then this. I really couldn't tell. I think you know it's hard to determine in the dark what a what a person's face looks like if they're wearing a headlamp. You know, one of those things you put around your head, Um, and. so this whatever this creature was moved toward me, got to got within maybe three feet of me, stopped absolutely still, and was we were basically just standing within a few feet of one another and I could tell that they were looking at me because the lamp the, the headlamp was going directly in my eye. I said, Hello, how are you? Again, no response. And then this creature's just slowly walked by me. And then like got a few feet he then got a few feet away from me and then took off again at full speed. It was real it was an extremely surreal experience. I thought I thought I was thought I was toast.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty frightening. Like I'd be I'd be yeah. nervous if that was if I had that happen to me.
3: I, I was, but it was at the same time I had a lot of adrenaline flowing. Like I, I was, I was ready. I, I I was ready for the potential of violence for sure. And you know, then then it you know the light and the the, the person just continued moving on uh, out into the. And then actually, I I got back and read that there's there's an urban legend about this creature that hangs out around there, like a cryptid, essentially. Uh, that does similar things like that basically uh, observes human beings close up it's not known to be violent or anything like that but just gets really close to you i'm not saying that's what it was but it was interesting that there was a it, it's interesting there was an urban legend about it being there you know about it being kind of a haunted place or something like that. okay it, was, it wasn't quite a haunted wasn't quite a haunted thing but a a cryptid you know this this kind of Mythological creature that that hangs around there. They even had a name for it. And I'm I'm kicking myself because I don't remember the name right off the top of my head. But there was there was a name for it. You know, like you know, like in in the do you have those in in Canada? Are there are there urban legends of cryptids? Like we have the Mothman and the New Jersey Devil and all these Bigfoot. I guess would you would kind of consider a cryptid.
1: We didn't really have them in Newfoundland, but I think. Like the idea isn't a foreign concept. I mean, maybe maybe in other places they did. Maybe in like not in the town I grew up, but maybe they did in the city or something like that. Or uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure probably in, like the con- on the continent, then they had stuff like that. But um, yeah, I can't really remember any. It's probably. I mean, it might just be some kind of like mentally disturbed person out there who <laughs> lives out in the woods or in some shack or something. And then they just kind of stumble around in the dark and encounter people. I don't know. But it would still <laughs> yeah. be, I'd be absolutely terrified to have to deal with that. Yeah. Especially, yeah,
3: it, it was it was very unsettling.
1: Yeah, if it gets so close to you like that. It would have been one thing if it, if you seen it and tried to talk to it and then it kind of ran away. You'd see where it was going because of the headlamp. But, yeah, <laughs> when it's getting up in your business like that, that's... Uh, not a comfortable situation, I'm sure.
3: Yeah, and I know it saw me. I mean, I had that. I had that. Uh, you know, I had that 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 stick, or had yeah, the, the stick raised up, it raised up to knock it in the head. You know, if I needed to, I wasn't gonna. It wasn't my intention to do that, but that's a, that's a life or death situation. Yeah. You're, not like you can call the cops or something like that. They, they, you know, no one, no one's going to get there. Not that I'd call the cops anyway, but you know, they're not going to get there within within any within any, any within any range of time where that they could actually do anything to help you. So you're, you're 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 very much left to your own devices in those types of situations.
1: It's the bridge um, of dreams for you. And,
3: yeah, yeah, it was a bridge of nightmares. I guess <laughs> would have been the more appropriate.
1: Actually, to, for it. to just interrupt the story for a minute without me thinking, have you ever been been to Suicide Bridge Road in Maryland? There's actually a bridge called Suicide Bridge that ties into the name Suicide Bridge Road. So either one. of No, them. no. It's on the peninsula mm-hmm. part that's kind of shared with Delaware or whatever. Mm-hmm. They even have a Suicide Bridge restaurant. So if you're ever over that way, might be worth taking a gander
3: is it called is it called that because people go there and commit suicide? I mean, I guess any bridge can be used for that purpose.
1: I, I would assume. I don't know what the history on it is actually. It's just I just know that, that it exists and it's hilarious and bizarre.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Pretty, yeah, yeah. Unsettling for sure. <laughs> uh is is the restaurant actually called the Suicide Bridge Restaurant? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yep, they're, they're not what an unimaginative! <laughs> <laughs> I want, I, yeah, you probably don't have a lot of restaurants with suicide in the title.
1: I'm willing to bet that might be the only one. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, there might be some kitschy. There, there, good potential. They could have some some kitschy ones out there, but uh, yeah, there aren't a lot anyway. Under ten, probably, on in the and throughout the world. Um, <laughs> not. Not usually a concept you try to cash in on, anyway.
1: Yeah, I like the description here on <laughs> Google: uh, Suicide Bridge Restaurant, fresh seafood and regional fare in a relaxed setting overlooking a marina with historic riverboats.
3: <laughs> huh. yeah that's that's what the that's what the the name evokes for me. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, nooses hanging everywhere. Uh. <laughs> Throughout the uh, throughout the restaurant,
1: yep. Cyanide <laughs> pills in little uh, candy bowls that you can you can grab as you see fit.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then the second one, I was walking around my neighborhood. My neighborhood that I live in, Columbus, is kind of like middle of middle of the road dangerous. It's not, you know, it's not. Uh, it it it's not overwhelmingly a place that you wouldn't consider walk around at night, you know? Um, but the potentiality is there. I mean, my car has been rifled through before and that's all that sort of stuff ha- happened before. So, yeah, enough to keep
9: you on not
3: your a neighbor- toes. I mean, uh, enough to keep you on your toes. Yeah. You know, not, not something I'd not, I mean, I, walk, I, I have been taking walks in the dark around the neighborhood pretty often. Um, but, uh, you know, not, I didn't. I didn't. I don't walk. Or I don't walk around. You know, any in, 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 in t- intense amount of beer. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. Obviously, uh, <laughs> as that's not really a desirable way to feel <laughs> for me, anyway. <laughs> um, but I was walking. There was a. Uh, There's a park with a, a, a baseball field in it, and uh, I, I thought it'd be fun to walk. I don't know. I decided to walk in the in the baseball field in the dark, and I went to, I was around the dugout, and from behind this dugout uh, appeared this this older, heavyset man who, who said, who was holding something in his hand, it was dark enough, I, it was dark enough that I could tell it's, it was it was just light enough for me to tell there was something in his hand, but it was too dark for me to determine what that thing in his hand was, and he said, here, come, come over here, come here, come up, come behind this, Come over here with me. And I just took off at full speed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing good is gonna come from me going behind this dugout. <laughs> in the in the history of in the history of human life, no one has nothing good has ever come from going behind a, a dugout going going behind going out of view with a stranger in the dark in a you know, in a city, in an urban setting.
1: When he's demanding so that he I come yeah. here, like, <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> who's going to be like, yeah, yes. okay, it In- sounds like a great idea.
3: Yeah, you didn't have to demand that I was going to do it anyway, buddy. <laughs> thank you for the thank you for the opportunity. So I, I took off it. I took off at full speed, Ugh. hoping that he didn't have doping uh, that he didn't have a gun, blow my head off as I was running. I figured like that was my only option. I didn't have any weapons on me. Or, you know, I didn't like, I I didn't plan on something like that, that happening. Um, So, yeah, that took off and then kind of like looked over my shoulder after I'd gotten a pretty, pretty long distance. And he hadn't tried to follow. Like I said, he was an older man and he was heavy set. So I, I knew, I, I, I knew there was a pretty good chance unless he used to be an, an NFL running back. that i probably probably be, be able to outrun him, you know. Yeah. Um, And, and he hadn't really moved all that. Oh, I could still see him back there, but he—he he didn't really. He had like taken a few steps to try to follow me, and decided that it was—it was not a, not going to be a successful venture for him anyway. But he's got to try different was, like, tactics whole, the whole time. He's got to try yeah, more know.
1: like, hey, I need help or something like that, you know?
3: To... Yeah, that would have been the smart, you know, if he if he really wanted to. Uh, if, yeah, he, he would have. He his. A method of deception would have been better than a, than a method of of authority uh, <laughs> in that situation. He needs to get he needs to get better at mugging. Is is the, the the moral of that story? I mean, I mean, he could have been he could have just been like trying to sell me drugs. All you know, which is another thing I wouldn't have had to. Meet. Um. So it, I think like those are the only two things I could, have, or you know maybe offered me sex, I don't know. Cuz I had a, I had a really unusual experience right before I left Columbus. I don't remember if I told you about this or not. but This is a pretty wacky experience. I, I picked up this I was at a uh uh like a world grocery store, a grocery store that has items from around the world in it. And uh I I was going to the my, I was going to the parking lot to load my groceries in my car. Uh and this this uh african American fellow came wandered up and asked me if I'd give him a ride so I said, I'll give you' a, you know he's going pretty close to where I was going anyway. said, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a ride so we were motor we were motoring around and it, it wasn't very far It was like five minutes away from where the grocery store so maybe a minute minute and a half in he said,
1: "How would you like to
3: see a big beautiful black dick <laughs> and uh I said uh as politely as I could, I said, "I I, th- I appreciate the offer, but I'm 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 going to decline. Thank you, though. That's I I, I that's a thoughtful offer." And uh, he said, "It won't cost you anything. It's for free. it. You know, <laughs> you can you can take a look at this. It's not going to cost you a dime." And I I appreciate the offer, but I'm going to pass. Um. And then we wrote, we just rode in, stock silence until I got him to the place where he was where he was going. Not a, not another word said after that.
1: He didn't even say thanks when you dropped him off.
3: No, no.
1: He
3: just said, he said, "Here, here it is." So I stopped <laughs> in the road and let him out. Ooh. Yeah, not not a, not another word exchanged yeah. after that. So, and and that that uh, grocery store is more or less in my neighborhood. It's a neighborhood adjacent, so I've had some really it's, uh, the country mouse going to the big city. I've yeah. never lived in a big city before.
1: These guys got to try different oh, approaches man. than what they're trying. I mean, I guess we all got to start <laughs> somewhere, though.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I'm I'm glad. It's, what what an honor to be the the per, the, the person they're honing their craft on.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll see them around later a, what a, and they'll, get, they'll offer their thanks for, you know, show, at least showing them the ropes <laughs> and stuff for, for how these solicitations yeah. work.
3: <laughs> yeah. I a A friend of mine posited that I should have just said yes. <laughs> I'll take a look. Because <laughs> that would have been the polite thing to do.
1: Yeah. And just be like, oh, okay. I don't cool, know.
3: Man. Yeah. Let's see what you're... Let's see what you're packing. Let's see what you got. I'll give you a I'll I'll give I'll give you my rating based on a 10-point scale. <laughs> let's yep. see what you Let's see what you're working with. I'll let you, I'll give you my objective reporting. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's uh Do you ever have do you have do you have experiences like that in like in Toronto? Toronto is a pretty safe city.
1: Yeah, I never had anything like that in Toronto really. Uh you know, I'd bang into plenty of weirdos, but not not anything where I ever really felt threatened or where I was trying to be roped into some kind of sexual thing on the sly that I wasn't into. <laughs> Just you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was all it was all pretty pretty reasonable there. So
3: pretty tame, yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, there are, just in general, a lot of strange people running around there who will ask you weird questions or whatever else. But they're they're all pretty harmless from, from my experience. I'm sure, like I've read posts and stuff that, you know, occasionally there'll be something pop up where there's somebody who is threatening to like a certain demographic or whatever. So it's not just like this immaculate, wonderful, idyllic scenario, but... Um, yeah, you know, generally, I think it's it's you could do a lot worse.
3: Yeah, Toronto really seems like a very. I mean, obviously, crimes and murders and things like that happen, but it seems like it's a very I, Canadians are just so polite. There, you're you you are a polite people.
1: That's what they say.
3: I, I I've noticed. I mean, it's just like Toronto is almost the size of New York City, but. There's the, like, the grimy aspects of New York City are kind of, uh, I mean, still there, but there's, there's this veneer of politeness that, that takes take some of the teeth out of it. I mean, you know, of course, those things still happen, but, I mean, my, my yeah, Columbus is, I mean, Ohio in general is like a, a you know, a formerly an industrial state, that uh, you know kind of a lot of the industry's gone and you know, left people pretty pretty desperate and hopeless I mean that's happening the world over all over the place not really not really not an excuse but a, at least an explanation of why that why that it can happen here and, and it's funny like I've, I've read so many so many writers that I really like talk about Ohio in, in the most uh, as one of the most desperate places in the world like uh, William S. Burroughs and Naked Lunch said that it was there was some ancient evil in Ohio, and it it predated the Indians. It was like it was like soaked into the soil this 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 nameless ancient evil that that res, that resided in basically in the in the demarcations they used to, to designate the state the state of Ohio. <laughs> this, this this really this really dangerous, des- desperate, evil, vile place. Uh, I, that's Sounds about right to me. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: but, uh, that that seems about accurate. Yeah, my my roommate Eve got mugged in uh, in like the upscale grocery store parking lot a couple of months ago too. It's, it's uh, I think a pan- pandemic are making people is making people a little more desperate and a little more violent than they would be otherwise too. You know.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. But, yeah, pal, I mean, uh, hopefully (laughs) you stay safe out there in the big city. You've only been back a couple of weeks. (laughs) I already had all this weird shit going on, so hopefully it gets a little quieter in that capacity.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think there's no way really for it to ramp up unless I get killed.
1: (laughs) Well, hopefully that that does not happen. Um, I'm going to avoid it yeah
3: in as much as i in as much as humanly possible, I'm going to continue to try and stay alive to the best of my ability,
1: yeah at the very it least is. we we need you here for the I'm allowed segment on this show <laughs> so um. yeah.
3: yeah that's pretty much my only reason for living these days. <laughs> <laughs>
9: <laughs> well,
1: on that note, we just crossed the twenty-seven minute mark, so I think maybe. We oh my run.
3: lord! Wow, it just flew right by. Yeah, something about talking about muggings the violence that make time just just <laughs> zip by. Makes it along one yet your maybe. Eyes.
1: I think it is. I think it really is. <laughs> Even the backing track, well, finished, my friend, which uh, is like a half hour long. Yeah. So.
3: <laughs> <laughs> my friend. Uh, as always, a real pleasure, a real thrill to talk to you. I've actually got to listen to the show for the first time in a really long time today. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it a lot.
1: Oh, great. Well, yeah. That's one advantage to, to being back in the, in the uh, big town.
3: I might get killed, but at least I get to listen to things
1: on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, old Bean. Well, my... I'll talk to you next week, or I'm sure I'll be talking to you before that. But yeah, we'll we'll jabber on here. I'm sure.
3: Absolutely, my friend. I'll talk to you very soon. I'll be seeing you.
1: Alrighty, be seeing you. Bye bye. <laughs> Goodbye. That's it. That's the life and times of Zach Coons, uh, part I don't know four hundred and twenty-seven, uh, and as I mentioned earlier. Gonna get to this set of songs about unemployment, and I'm gonna start off. I got like five or six of these lined up in a thematical sense. So first, the Chesterfields. I got fired from the (inaudible) 1958 Cub Records single.
9: Check,
0: check, 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 Good duh <laughs> Like you know. If you love me, baby, I come love you If you love me, baby, I come love you too You will to spend all my money, honey, baby, to save the world I don't need no job, my heard it's already down It's already done. I'm gonna save all my money, honey. Baby, have my troubles solved. Have baby, baby.
8: Gee, uh,
3: I'm not certain that he really, uh, uh really carried those sacks out here. <laughs>
1: Too much music to play in too short of a time. I really got to be out of here. In 13 minutes. uh, So I'll try and make this quick. Ending off our uh, set of unemployed songs. That was The Mistakes. I Got Fired from a 1959 lo-fi single. Also, her Jerry Parsons in the Blue Jeans. Don't Need No Job from 1959 as well. Put it by M. Uh, the Supremes 4, I Lost My Job and uh, I've Got to Find Another from a Sarah record single then it was Escarita Laid Off from another 1959 single this one through Capital uh, Stephen Holiday's Unemployment from a 1964 Dandy record single and the Chesterfields to start it, I Got Fired bookending the set with songs that are called I Got Fired but are totally different songs so yeah, that was out on a single in 1958 through Cub. Uh, I'm going to play something by Quakes next. It's called Off the Record, and it's taken from Deep Program that they just put out through imminent destruction. And we'll see how many more I get through. I'll pop back on and tell you what it was and do all the back announcement nonsense and say goodbye. So, yeah, here it is. The FSU quarterback will not play in the Peach Bowl because of a family issue. Death in the family is the rumor. Times ah, uh, certainly
8: is. You got to love that, though, huh?
1: Vatican II, Crying in the Middle Ages uh, that came out in 2017 through Little Jim Records on um, their album is it Squid Driller? no Squid Diller jeez I can't even read anymore uh, That yeah, Crying in the Middle Ages, Vatican II then trigger cut with something from their forthcoming album Rogo that'll be out next year That song was called Nutcracker, just in time for the holidays. Uh, So yeah, you can check out that song and another from the album at their Bandcamp page. I'll have the link for that a little later. Uh, Also heard Shelley Fabre's Pretty Please. Love the production on that one. That's from a 1965 Fontana single and started the whole thing with nervequakes off the record from D program which came out this year All right that's it for me I got to get out of here uh, I'll be back next week check out the replay on awman.net and thanks for being here bye bye
5: Just look after yourself as they always say because
4: no one Cause else, no else, will. else
8: will Let us get the fuck out of here be seeing you And you...